Well, I'll say, bless the Lord. If you say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Thanks for crowding in with us tonight around the Lord's table. So I'm really excited uh, these nights just to hear your voices and us to kind of uh, lock elbows with each other as we come to the table. We're finishing up a relationship series, and I can think of no better way than to finish up a relationship series uh, than to come celebrate at the Lord's table. Now, I do have to make this apology. I realize for those of you who've been coming, this is week four of a relationship series, and all you've heard is a male speak. And so I understand the irony in that, <laughs> um, and I will make sure the next time we do this, you will have a female voice that is speaking into life and wisdom into that. Um, I asked my wife if she would come and do tonight, and she said, absolutely. You just watch all four kids for 20 hours while I pray and prepare. Um, so I'm doing tonight, uh, and I'll, I'll work on that in the future. Uh, uh, Audrey and I, our, our relationship is by no means perfect at its best. Uh, we are loving and loyal to each other. We're sacrificing. We're encouraging and trying to bring out the best in each other and who God has us to be. Um, at our other moments, um, especially in parenting, we can be quickly reduced uh, to no-name tag team wrestling partners. Um, and by that, I mean the no-name tag team wrestling partner is the one that always knows it's going to get defeated. So its main job is to tag team with its partner, go in the ring and get beat up till you can't take anymore, and then you tag out. And then the next person comes underneath the ropes, gets beat up while the other person catches their breath. That's kind of our parenting style during the summer. Um, and so last week, Audrey called me, and she's like, I got to tap out. I'm like, I'm coming home. So I tag in, she takes off. Uh, the kids are especially whiny and hot and complainy for some reason. And so I've got like a choice. I can really dig deep and allow the gospel, the whole gospel to come to my whole person and show kindness beyond my capabilities. And it's 50-50 whether or not that's gonna happen at that moment. She's already out the driveway before she can even really tap out. She's already been basically in an emotional sleeper hold from the kids all day long for how many times they call her name. I tap in and I'm ready to get suplexed um, and body slammed by their undying needs for attention and approval. And then Maggie um, and Christopher, the ones who have been at it the most that day. Oh, you're here. <laughs> uh. I'll pay for your counseling later. <laughs> but daddy needs a sermon intro, okay? Because <laughs> mommy wouldn't preach. <laughs> but Maggie comes out of nowhere and she goes, Dad, let's do these. Now, do you guys know what this is? It's the greatest invention of the 21st century, all right? These are water balloons that attach straight to the spigot outside. You turn it on, they all fill up, there's a rubber band around each one, and then they will drop when they are ready for a water balloon fight. A dad of eight kids in Texas invented this, and he deserves every dime he's making off of this. Right? So she's like, Dad, let's have a water balloon fight. No, Dad, look at this. Let's have a water balloon fight. And so I step outside, we lock it up on the spigot, we do two or three of these, we drop it, we have a huge crate full, and then we have enough ammunition and animosity towards each other to ready to go to town. And we are going to just 
Yeah, so uh, they're all in big, big trouble at this point. I'll let them hit me once in a while, but I, I'm lighting them up like Christmas trees. <laughs> Having a good old time. Uh, it's funny, uh, I was praying through tonight's talk this week, and uh, the Lord brought that to my mind, and my biggest concern for a lot of us in this room um, when it comes to our relationships is this is what you look like when you try to step into a committed relationship, that you don't have a safe and secure attachment to the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And tonight we're going to talk about just the simple fact, to be a source of love, you need a source of love. And how can we make sure that God's love is flowing in us and through us in a way that raises our relationship IQ and our ability to show the love of Christ to those closest to us? So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to Reread in a different translation what Marty just read for us. We'll be in 1 John chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 7. Let me pray for us as you're turning there. Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see? and ears to hear, and together we say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening, amen. First John 4, and we'll start in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. To be a source of love. You need a source of love. And the reason I can say that is because I know for many of us in this room tonight, we have tried to have another source of love and failed miserably. Some of us have been in relationships and we just decided, you know what? I got wounded, I got hurt, so I'm gonna get bitter and I'm gonna isolate and I'm never going to make myself vulnerable that way again. You've cut yourself off from having a source of love and cut yourself off from being a source of love. But I would give you one word of warning. The very thing that you're trying to protect, you're going to wind up killing. Some of us have tried other sources of love, right? We've either let our sexuality or our feelings just dominate and think that that could be the unending source of love. Only to discover it doesn't usually last and it turns in on itself. 
and realizing that feelings and our sexuality and our desires, they cannot sustain and last for long-term, loyal, committed love. The kind of love that Scripture's talking about here is God's loyal, sacred, sacrificial love. And in order for us to be a source of love, we need to have a source of love. And that comes from a safe and secure attachment to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want to play a quick trivia game with you guys real quick from this text, if that's okay. All right? Have you guys ever heard of the game Two Truths and a Lie? This is called Two Truths and a Heresy. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to put up three statements on the screen. And based off the text we just read, let's see how your reading comprehension is, is going right now. There will be three statements. One of them is absolute heresy. Two of them are absolute truth. So let's see. Yes. God is love. Love is of God. Love is God. Which one's the heresy? Love is God. John is going to say that God is love and love is of God. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us can identify the heresy in print, but yet we live it out every day. Because here's the difference between God is love and love is God. In the first one, God gets to define what love is. In the second one, your definition limits who God can be. And so if God is not fitting into your subjective, substantial, circumstantial view of love, immediately you dismiss him as caring and sovereign and powerful. And you know what's unfortunate? It's easy for me to talk about my young children and when I am doing my best to love, protect, and provide and grow their character and I have to withhold something from them or I don't give them exactly what they want when they want it, when they get the most frustrated, do you know the first thing they accuse us of? You don't love me. I understand from your perspective that you may not be getting what you want and when you want and how you want it right now, but I'm telling you that does not limit God's love and affection for you. And that's why we need a source of love in order to be a source of love. To be a source of love, we need a source of love. And this is love. Not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. When I was a kid, we didn't have water balloons like that. Do you get, uh, am I the oldest guy in the room? I, I hope not. Um, do you all remember trying to do water balloon fights as a kid, right? It takes five hours to set up. Me and my brother, we used to have water balloon fights. It's five hours of prep time and it's over in 20 seconds. And you're like, this, this sucks, okay? <laughs> It's really is not worth it. And so we, you know, you store it up and you get, meanwhile, we got so frustrated because you usually only realize once you're in a water balloon fight, I've made two tragic mistakes. Um, the first batch I've overfilled and anytime I try to throw it, it just smashes in my hand and I'm soaked. The second batch, I'm frustrated because my finger got amputated trying to tie a knot <laughs> while I was doing it. So I underfilled them and basically all I've been doing is like, slapping somebody because it's not breaking at all. It's just, well, whoosh, oh. <laughs> so me and my brother decided when we got in our water balloon fight, you know what? Hey, back porch, cage match, okay? You're not allowed to leave it. It's about three feet off the ground. There's railings around it. We'll come out and we'll just duke it out. And so we, we had a great, we had a blast. I'm sure it ended up in a real fight because we were brothers. But my dad was coming home uh, shortly thereafter 
Um, and my mom meets him and brings him out and starts to show him all the carnage uh, that's happened there. Now, uh, it, I understand this now that I'm a father. If my wife looks slightly upset at the kids, I don't become a calm presence and try to mediate things. I just ratchet it up times 10. Like, if mom is mad, watch this. Here comes the fury, okay? So she's explained to him everything that we've done. There's, you know, water everywhere, balloon shards everywhere. And uh, he's got this look on his face like he's ready to blow a head gasket. And then he turns around to Chad and I, and we grab a huge balloon. I've got one side of it. He's got the other side of it. And it's dripping with water. And we go, hey, Dad, and launch it at him. (laughs) My dad... This white-collar worker, starched shirt, penny loafers, middle-aged, slightly overweight, rocking the mustache, because who cares, Ron, right? Like, just whatever. Um, he shows cat-like reflexes I had never seen in my life. Springs up and over the porch, hits the backyard, does like an Army Special Forces roll out of it, and is sprinting like this, thinking we're still on his tail, and looks back to see me, my brother, and my mom all dying laughing. Because <laughs> we finally got them. The balloon had no water in it. We just blown it up with air and doused it with water, brought him out into a situation, and let his false expectations fill in the gap of the narrative, and we exploited it. My fear for many of us in the room is the same thing's going to happen to us when we get into a relationship. At best, you're doing it unintentionally. At worst, you're doing it intentionally to manipulate others and exploit false expectations. To be a source of love, you need a source of love. And we need to be attached to the true vine and the true branch Jesus Christ, who his loyal love allows us to step in to commitments and honor them beyond our circumstances, our feelings, our hookups, our stories, the way that we are brought up, so that he can launch us out into this world and drench people in the delightful good news of the kingdom of God, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Amen. So when we come to the table together, we like to do a quick liturgy where we pray together and confess our sins together and then come to the table together. If you're new with us tonight, I'm glad you're here. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor. Um, We also have a sheet that just kind of explains how and why uh, we do Eucharist. Eucharist is just a Greek word that means Thanksgiving. So we come to the table tonight to thank God for his love. We come to the table tonight to thank God for his word, and we come to the table tonight to thank God for the people of God he's entrusted us to love. So as I lead us through this, there'll be parts where you guys um, have things to say and can pray with us, and then as you're ready, you come to the table. There's hand sanitizer um, for those of you Uh, who need that are at the edges of all the stairs um, from the bleachers in the balcony. Bless the Lord who forgives all of our sins. 
Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's take a minute to confess our sins against God and against our neighbor. Let us pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. On the night Jesus was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whatever you drink is, do it in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. When you are ready, come to the table.